Food protein-induced enterocolitis syndrome, FPIES, is a type of food allergy affecting the gastrointestinal tract. We as physicians study a lot of different diseases and syndromes in medical school that we may never see in real life. Today we will hear the patient side of getting the correct diagnosis and hopefully this will help some of you recognize if you have patients with this syndrome. I am your host, Dr. Renee Matthews, and joining me is Jennifer Kant. Her daughter, Analia, has very recently been diagnosed with FPIES, food protein-induced enterocolitis syndrome. Jennifer, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So give us a little background on your family. My husband and I um, have been married for six years. We have two children. One is almost three years old. Her name is Kennedy, and uh, Analia, she's 11 months old. Our family history, we do have a history of food allergies as well as seasonal and environmental allergies and asthma. So we have a little bit of of that in the mix. Um, Everything's been pretty manageable for all the family members that, you know, are impacted. So Kennedy experiences environmental allergies and seasonal allergies, you know, pollen and grass type things. We're not aware of food allergies, although we are doing her exposure to tree nut and peanuts based on the tested food allergy that my brother and I both have to peanut and tree nut. So she has done pretty well in her food journey and what she's able to eat. Now, Analia is, has been a significantly different case from pretty much within just a, a number of few weeks old. So when did you first realize that Analia was nothing like your other daughter? Actually, I'd probably say within the first 24 hours from the spit up that she experienced um, that was significant compared to Kennedy. Although at that point, you know, it was not out of the norm of what's acceptable level of spit up, but that was the first thing that we thought, geez, things are... Starting off different. So can you take us through the course of her illness in the last 11 months? And I want to emphasize that so she's got multiple factors going on um, in addition to the FPIs. But so basically the, her experience in life has been significant stomach pain. So contributing, she has acid reflux. So early on, she was diagnosed with that. And we went through a course of meds trying to find an effective medication and and dosage to get her comfortable. So she has that, and then she has the allergy reactions and a layer of food intolerances. So from birth on, she has spent pretty much every day screaming in some level of stomach pain and screaming that it's like she's being stabbed. This is not just a, a fussy baby per se. So screaming, vomiting, and diarrhea. So that went on for a number of months until we were um, advised to see an allergist by her GI specialist. Um, at that point, I was still nursing her and went on and began the journey of an extreme elimination diet, which uh, by the end of that course, I was down to eating less than two foods, or 10 foods, excuse me, and that became detrimental to my health. And at that point, we were at seven months old for Analia. So she, at that point, was continuing to feed like a newborn. She eats two to four ounces of milk. Her feeding feeds every two hours. Then you add on, we started the solid food journey, and she had reactions to everything that we put in front of her. So we home make all her food. If you just think about when you start off with a a new baby, we actually pushed vegetables before grains, but she's had reactions to carrots, squash, sweet potatoes, spinach, almost name the food, and there's been a reaction there. And her reactions have been at varying levels from 
face rash to flare-ups in her eczema, vomiting, to just GI pain where she would scream in response to having the food scream like she's being stabbed, and that would occur like multiple hours after the food, after she ingested the food. As the course went on all along, she was managed well by Dr. McLaurin at U of M for allergy and Dr. Jabara at Beaumont for pediatric GI. It was when we gave her rice cereal. She had about a tablespoon of rice cereal that she had a delayed reaction, which is consistent with f but that sent her to the hospital. She was vomiting profusely. Um, it made her severely ill, flu-like symptoms for about four days, like limp, lifeless diarrhea, vomiting for multiple days, so it's pretty significant. So that's what landed us with the FPI's diagnosis. This seems like this was a long, long time coming, but what, do you know what exactly have they explained what took so long or what they weren't looking for or what they didn't see or, you know? So I, I think it's kind of been a, a step-by-step through the journey. It's, you know, the first three months of her life, the pediatrician, she had some blood in her stool. We took out cow's milk. Well, actually, they took out all um, milk proteins from my diet. We stepped through, so we had that happen. And then, you know, the symptoms persisted, and so we played with the acid reflux medicine. And then when I got to the GI doctor, he actually looked at Analia, and he said, you need to run, not walk to the allergist, because she, her eczema, she was, her whole body was inflamed in a bright red scaly rash. She was pale. She had runny eyes. She was throwing up all the time. We calculated approximately 25% of each of her small feedings she was throwing up. So, you know, then that stepped us to the allergist. And, you know, there's inaccurate testing for the IgE allergies under the age of two. So we could only go by how does she respond through my breast milk. So when my elimination diet started, you know, I saw, we saw a really clear positive impact when I stopped soy within three days of soy avoidance for me. Her creamy color came back, her eyes stopped running, and the eczema came down a notch, and so did the vomit. But there were still other foods in my diet that were contributing. So S-Pies, from what I understand, there isn't typically a response to the breast milk, so I don't think it was even on the table at that point. A lot of times it's it may show up with a solid food intake. This is a long story to say. So we stepped through that. We stepped through my elimination diet. We had an endoscopic procedure performed. Everything looked normal. We were looking for the esophenliac esophagitis. She stepped through that. Her screaming continued. Her GI distress continued. She, we put her on stomach cramping medicine. She's on that still every six hours. That gave her some comfort, So, and then you, you lay her on, and then we did the solid food journey. And then we continued to have these reactions. It seemed like intolerances. f has that pretty specific reaction where it's delayed. There's the profuse vomiting and the flu-like symptoms where you get limp and lifeless. Some babies go into shock. So because we pushed veggies before grains, we didn't see that. And because I was doing that elimination diet of removing the top eight allergens from my diet, you know, it kind of shielded or masked maybe seeing some of those symptoms come out. So it's like we we really had to kind of step through life and step through the experiences to get there. And then kind of orally. And so she now um, has feeding difficulties as well. We've been in uh, occupational therapy for feeding. She's associating food and milk with pain. So we have a very difficult time with her with solid foods. And even uh, we have a product that's a semi-solid hypoallergenic product. It's 
difficult to even get her to try that because of, you know, her experience, anything that goes in her mouth, but her medicine causes pain. Wow. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to ReachMD. I am your host, Dr. Renee Matthews, and joining us today is Jennifer Kant, and we are discussing FPIs, a very rare syndrome that her daughter has recently received as a diagnosis. And when exactly did you receive the diagnosis? Um, That took place in September of this year, when she was approximately nine months old. So at that time, uh, I know you got a nutritionist, so... What are you guys, what now are you doing differently now you know that this is what it is? U of M has been a great help with good resources. So we have you know, her allergist on board as well as the dietitian. Uh, what they've presented to us is we have a list of low-risk foods. And with the dietitian's guidance, we comb through that list, pulling out the foods that she's already responded to and honing in on a couple of the safe foods that would meet her um, dietary nutritional requirements. So we have three foods that uh, we will be looking to um, introduce her to next. Okay, so what does she eat today? Today she is only able to eat her hypoallergenic formula. Gotcha. So we, um, the last food challenge was about a month ago, and so we've been, now that we have this diagnosis, kind of taking a break for everyone involved. I understand. I understand. Looking back, is there anything you think that any of the doctors could have done differently? You know, truthfully, we feel the pediatrician, I think, could have uh, applied a little bit better problem-solving skills and I think could have been a little more attuned to the complaints and some of the physical signs um, Analia was given us. But um, in terms of once we got to the specialist, GI and allergy, we really feel like they stepped through the diagnostic testing and kind of the root cause analysis very well. Um, And they just took it methodically and, you know, thought through, well, if we took this step, if we did this test, what would it tell us? Do we have enough medical data to, um, you know, make a recommendation to do an invasive procedure? So like the endoscopy, we did want that done sooner, but it wasn't until she presented enough kind of like, you know, clinical symptoms that made the doctor comfortable, you know, that it was the right thing to do to subject her to that procedure. So we feel overall that the doctor stepped through her journey, you know, logically in, in a good medical fashion. So we we really don't have any concerns looking back. We felt like we had good guidance and support, you know, all along the way. That is wonderful. Do they have a support group for parents with this, with children with this syndrome? So there is a website, an international association. Unfortunately, the link that says to search for local support groups, that is just coming soon. So that's not up and running. But on my own, I did seek out some Facebook private group pages that had been created by families, you know, that were experiencing the same thing. So I did join those. And has it been helpful? Um, Here and there. Okay. I think the forum, and some folks are using the forum kind of in place of where they should be seeking medical advice, you know, directly from the doctor. Mm -hmm. But I think from a support experience, to not feel alone, I think it's really valuable. That's wonderful. Is there research being done on FPIs to help find a cure? From what I understand from U of M, um, there, there is, and I think, and we're hopeful that there will be increased efforts with this type of condition. Great. And does every allergist know about FPIs, or is it something that you think that, you know, the listeners maybe should be looking out for because it's not being diagnosed enough? Definitely. I, I think there is concern that, that not every physician is aware of this. Specifically, we have a medical letter that U of M issued to us that states 
Analia's condition. Should she have a future reaction, we are to present this letter at an ER if we're not presenting to U of M, and then they will know how to care for her. So the fact that we have this medical letter kind of says this is not well known by all physicians, so even in an, an ER setting. So I think getting to a recognized allergist, you know, that's kind of on top of the latest would be key in definitely at least bringing this condition up to any of the physicians to talk through it and see if there might be a better place for them to go. And also maybe pediatricians probably need to be on the lookout as well because that's usually the first line of defense is the pediatrician and then you would go to the allergist. Are there any organizations increasing the awareness? I know you said you found this website, but is there something, you know, to get the word out so that people can, you know, find out more information about it? I think... Maybe since I'm new, I'm not sure how many uh, different avenues there are. I know this international organization is trying to get the awareness out. Okay. And, you know, there's a presence at conferences for, you know, allergies and such. And then through those Facebook groups, um, there's banners that they've been trying to distribute, and I post on my page to kind of to try and get the awareness out. Okay. And please feel free to give us the website for the FPIs International Association. The uh, resource that we use is the International Association of Food Protein Enterocolitis, and that website is www.iaffpe.org. Thank you so much. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to uh, share our experience, and hopefully we can help another child and family from it. I am your host, Dr. Renee Matthews, and you've been listening to ReachMD. To download this podcast and others in this series, please visit ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.